You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. What's up everybody? Welcome to another edition of the OKC82 Podcast. This is your host Brady Trantham and Madison Morris is right next to me but she is pulling up stats right now. Right? I am. Or you're doing something. I am. I actually uh, need to refresh ESPN. It uh, looks like all the uh, a lot of the workers at Chesapeake Energy Arena took away the power strip. So we are doing this uh, with the laptop unplugged. So <laughs> that's why we kind of, I at least hit the record button really quickly. And uh, Matt, I mean, Madison's probably ready. I'm not ready, but hey, we watched basketball tonight and it was we did watch basketball yeah tonight. i can't yeah i can't confirm that basketball was indeed observed by the two of us that's for sure um, but it seemed like that the uh three days off really helped the thunder in terms of their shooting but not necessarily uh team-wide and not necessarily in the first half but mainly it helped russell westbrook and the much discussed talked about written about post-game shoot around he had by himself after that abysmal one for 12 performance against mm-hmm. the Denver Nuggets on Saturday night turns around goes two for five from the three-point line but shoots 10 of 17 overall 23 points 19 rebounds one shy of his career high 15 assists third triple double of the year 107th triple double right um 107th triple double of his career tying uh Jason Kidd for third all time so yeah, it was a game the Thunder defeat the Cleveland Cavaliers 100 to 83 and Madison uh, what did you think? It really seemed like early on the Thunder, <laughs> this looked like a game that the Thunder were going to lose just because shots weren't falling. They were missing a lot of bunnies under the rim. Uh, the defense started to get lackadaisical. Cleveland kind of got hot for a second in the end of the first, beginning of the second quarter from three. Just had all the makings of a Thunder loss, but the uh, team was able to turn around defensively and ultimately offensively. Right, and there was one point the Thunder were down by 11 at one point, and it was 33-22, to 22, and I think the arena was kind of dying because – People weren't really expecting the Thunder to have this much of a deficit to a team like Cleveland. And it was just, it was a slow start. The entire first half kind of got off to a slow start. It wasn't entirely exciting. There wasn't anything that really stood out. Um, You know, Steven Adams wasn't really making a lot of shots. Uh, His hooks weren't really falling the way that he's wanted them to. Um, That's just kind of been like an ongoing thing for him the past couple of games. Uh, Russell Westbrook, you know, he started the game off hot. I think Jeremy Grant was the first to put points on the board for the Thunder with two made free throws, and that's kind of something that stood out to me as a lot of Thunder free throws is what really saved the Thunder tonight. They were able to pull back in to a pretty close, uh, pretty close in points, but not really take the lead until after halftime mm-hmm. uh, with some good made free throws. So that was pretty good. But Russell Westbrook also only took five three points or three-point attempts tonight. So yeah, and good. <laughs> I would probably grade only one of them as bad. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was just because it was an early shot clock. Um, uh, there definitely could have been a little bit more ball movement, but, you know, Russell Westbrook is Russell Westbrook. He's one of the best players on earth. Um, as long as he's not jacking up, you know, four or five in a, in a quarter, you know, that, that's, that's fine. And if he's feeling it like he was tonight, then five is perfectly acceptable. And even knowing that, he only shot from the floor 17 times because he, he was he was just cooking in, court, in terms of his court vision. I mean, like we said, he had 15 assists. He had seven assists in the second quarter. It was just amazing just to see Russell kind of be the floor general and not try to 
overcorrect himself from the previous game by proving how great of a shooter he can be and how great of a scorer he can be. No, he he decided that he wanted to get teammates set up. Billy Donovan noted that in the post-game presser, um, thought that his court vision, his ability to set up teammates was probably that and Jeremy Grant. <laughs> he, he singled out Jeremy Grant probably are what won this game and helped the Thunder from getting blown out kind of early and helped them push that lead uh, and separate them at, after the uh, uh, after halftime. But something that's, you know, we've now reached the 20 game mark and I've always said you, you can't really make, you know, a brash um, kind of statement about a team until about the 20 game mark. So this is a fair sample size now. Mm-hmm. We need to talk about the Thunder in their third quarters because last year it was a completely different tune. I mean, they would come out of halftime, usually with some nice leads, mm-hmm. come out um, after halftime, just lackadaisical, not hit their shots, allow team bad teams to come back and have live and ultimately lose a handful of those games right this year it's a completely different song i mean they're outscoring opponents nearly 30 to 25 in the third quarter which i believe leads the league in point differential um, across the league like i just said said league twice in the same sentence (laughs) um they've held opponents under 25 times this year in the third quarter tonight being one of them uh it's it's whatever billy donovan is saying at halftime it's working because this team just consistently puts it down on the defensive end, and it, tonight wasn't one of those things where they just got hot in the third quarter. They, they only scored 26 points themselves, but if you can hold a team in 2018 in the NBA under 20 points in a quarter, you're doing something right. Right, and regardless of what team it is, kind of what you just said, that's, you know, you're doing something right if you're able to do that. Um, I tweeted out as kind of a joke that the Thunder had one of their magical halftime talks again because <laughs> the, like, the first half compared to uh, the second half was a complete night and day difference. Um, I think Alex Abrinas was finally able to hit the only three he had tonight. I think he took eight or nine attempts. But he was 0 for 6 for his, uh, you know, he was 0 he for was. 6. He hit his seventh three-pointer. It was a... Uh, it was pretty bad, but it was pretty bad. It was his first start of the year. He'd it been, was his first start of the year. He was sick for pretty much two weeks. He's played two games since and kind of. He's scared. coming out of that plague he was going under. Yeah, there you know? was some just, bubonic plague. Yeah, it was just pretty <laughs> awful. But you know, not only Alex. You know, Alex was finally able to get his shot up after halftime. But you know, Jeremy was able to pick up a lot. Um, I think Steven actually didn't do much of anything in the second half. He picked this, up all six of his points this in the was first one half. Of, this is one of Steven's worst games of the yeah. year. I, I don't know if it's his lowest scoring output. It, it would be one of his lowest scoring outputs of the year because he's averaging a double-double mm-hmm. and played some fantastic basketball. But tonight it was just he – it seems like – it seems like because I know he kind of got a little little thing going in the second half of the uh, Denver game. But mm-hmm. um, it was a lot of the same thing as that first half of the Denver game, just missing a lot of um, bunnies. But then again, you know, Jerry Ramsey and I are sitting up in the press box and about midway through the second quarter we um, Jerry asked me, um, how many post-ups do you remember Stephen having this game? The Thunder didn't really go to him that much. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it was odd because Steve, Tristan Thompson is a matchup that Stephen Adams traditionally dominates. Uh-huh. And I was I just kind of assumed, okay, they're going to go to Stephen early to kind of get that rolling, and then it'll open up you know, some perimeter shooting. They kind of did the opposite. They tried to force a little bit um, – they tried to force a little bit from the outside to open up their driving lanes, and when their perimeter shots weren't falling, they just said, screw it, let's just drive. <laughs> and then their shots weren't falling in the first half. At one point, they were shooting 40% in the paint. There was this, a lot th- of mislayers. This was deep a in the second lot. quarter. I think it was around the three or the four-minute mark of the second quarter. They were shooting 40% on their um, uh, paint attempts. But 
they were able to turn around, turn it around. And granted, Cleveland's a bad team, and you're mm-hmm. able to do that. And tonight was kind of weird. Uh, the whole Kyle Korver getting traded to Utah. That was weird. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Um, anyone who wasn't following me on Twitter, I kind of tweeted this out. There was a weird moment where Kyle Korver, he comes out, and he is ready to shoot and warm up for the Cavs. And all of a sudden, a guy from the Cavs comes and puts his arm around him, and they have kind of a quick and simple talk pretty close. And then all of a sudden, you see Korver going back to the locker room before he could even get a shot up, and he never returned to the court. I think about five minutes later, Woj tweeted out that he had been traded to Utah, and that was kind of like a what the heck just happened kind of moment. It's always (laughs) weird when you are like – in the same building as a Woj bomb. Not yes. necessarily, Wojnarowski is of course not here, but it's it happened, like we, we saw Russ Westbrook the day that he um, signed his max extension. Right. And it was just it was just so odd that like, you know, the entire basketball world and Wojnarowski, Russ Westbrook, ESPN, it just all was- it Was revolving around this one person that you were This one person seeing. that you're seeing. And so it, it's it's always kind of odd to see that, see that stuff unfold, but- It was kind of odd. You know, we were talking about it <laughs> Um, eating our dinner before the game. I think Corver has been kind of at least pub. He's mm-hmm. been vocal, at least with the Cleveland front office, that he wanted to trade if they weren't going to compete for um, a playoff spot this year. And Cleveland certainly isn't that he wanted to trade. And you know, I'm sure he's probably upset because it's it's like one of those deals where it's like, can't you have done this? Like, like three or four hours earlier so I don't like psych myself up like okay I want to play basketball and I'm sure right. he's, he, he's a human being he's probably like oh yeah I get to play basketball tonight that's cool I get paid to do this and then mm-hmm. nope you're out just See, kidding you're going to Salt Lake City and also by the way your entire life is about to change because you are going to have to rip everything up from Cleveland and move out to Salt Lake City <laughs> that's a little crazy to me that's, but uh, I've never been to Cleveland I've been to Salt <laughs> Lake City uh, Salt Lake City is definitely beautiful I've never heard Cleveland described as beautiful but I'm fairly sure there's a lot of great things about Cleveland but I'm going to make the assumption that Salt Lake City is an upgrade in at least scenery right and I also want to make the assumption that these guys kind of have that mindset that anything can happen at any time they probably don't get super comfortable in one place and they know that it's a business and they know they could be ripped from that place at any moment so you know I don't really see guys like Kyle Korver thinking like oh but Cleveland's my home like this sucks he's probably (laughs) like all right on to the next one let's go Korver's been in the league for a hundred years, so I'm and sure. And he his, played at Utah yeah, already, was, yeah, so it's it's, it's a Utah like reunion. A, it's not a completely like um, foreign place for him, <laughs> but so that won't be too bad, I guess. Kind of back to uh, Jeremy Grant real quick. 21 points tonight, probably his best game of the year. Besides and, that Wizards game, what did he have at that you, one? You know, I, I was gonna say. <laughs> Games like that, I hesitate to say, oh, that was so-and-so's best game. Yeah. It was just, it's just one of those nights where everything falls. The other team is going through such – like, I think Patrick Patterson had, like, 16 points in that uh, Cavaliers blowout last year uh. in Cleveland. And I remember thinking, like, oh, like, yeah, Pat Patterson would have his best game against in, in that kind of environment where mm-hmm. everything is going right. I mean, no disrespect, but – I think in a in a game that was fairly uh, close and highly competitive tonight, one of Jeremy Grant's best showings ever since, especially ever since he's been a starter, going back to uh, the first week or so of the season. Um, it's just it's been a complete game changer for the Thunder with Grant in the starting lineup, and he's able to generate easy buckets under the paint with just his activity, his versatility, his athleticism. And, you know, when, like, Steven Adams, Russell Westbrook, Dennis Schroeder aren't hitting shots in the paint, and you can find Grant, you know, within five or six feet of the rim, his athleticism just, 
it's he'll at least get fouled and he was able to get to the paint tonight and uh, finish a lot um, but it's certainly something that um, I have been kind of surprised at now I thought the Thunder really needed to keep him in the offseason. Mm-hmm. I thought that was an, an incredible move by Sam Presti to be able to keep him while retaining Paul George and getting rid of, you know, if we can do a whole other podcast on how great of an offseason Sam Presti had. But um, Jeremy Grant is his development. It, it's just another example of the Thunder being able to take raw talent and turn it into something. Mm-hmm. And I remember when that trade went down at the beginning of last year, and everybody, like there were a lot of people saying, like, who's Jeremy Grant? Or mm-hmm. why are the Thunder doing this? It just makes sense. Ilya Sova can actually produce. Grant hasn't proven anything. And look at him now. He's, he's a solid starter in the NBA and a guy who can be an X factor, depending on matchups. Right, and I think Jeremy Grant's confidence is just skyrocketed, seeing him in the starting rotation and – you know, he's one of those players that I thoroughly enjoy watching just because he is not, like, a huge name in the basketball world. He's not exactly the face of this franchise by any means, but he's one of those players that people get really excited about, and they keep that excitement. It's not really a player that people are like, oh, well, he was great at this game, but now we hate him this game because this happened. You know, people really respect Jeremy Grant's game. I really enjoy watching him play. I watch, um, I enjoy watching him enjoy the game out there. He really clicks with those other guys, and I think people just – thoroughly enjoy his game I think he gets better with every game even when he doesn't have as much of like an input as he did in the previous game he he still gets better you know no it's um he gets better Stephen Adams continued to improve um I mean even if you look at the rookies I mean we haven't even talked about Deontay Burton tonight Deontay Burton was my goodness Deontay Burton is playing his way into forcing Sam Presti to give him a legit contract oh, because yeah. now um I believe the 45-day countdown started October 29th, which was Blue, the Thunder's uh, G League, mm-hmm. the Blue Media's Day. And I think that's when the 45-day um, uh, countdown began. Now, there are discrepancies on, like, what counts as an off day, what counts as just a practice day. For instance, the Thunder just had three days off. Was Deontay Burton, quote, with the Thunder at the mm-hmm. time, unquote? You know, there's it's not really that well-known, at least to, to my knowledge. But... You know, Deontay Burton and Clay Horning from the Norman Transcript asked this uh, to Billy in the postgame presser. Are, is Deontay's play, is it kind of forcing you to find ways to get him into the game, even when Terrence Ferguson and Hamadou Diallo are, are able to come back within the next week or so? And, it, you know, from what we've seen in just the, these 20 games, and especially with Deontay in just a few, because he hasn't played that, that many meaningful minutes, but in those minutes... He's more consistent than Timothy Lawawu Cabarro. Mm-hmm. He's definitely more consistent than Abdul Nader, who finally got some <laughs> meaningful minutes tonight and had he a coast to coast. Fourth quarter. Yeah, he had a coast to coast layup. It was awesome. It was, that was like people awesome. were going crazy in the stands. But um, yeah, Deont- the Thunder have a, a pair of rookies that you know this the, this franchise and the front office can really look at and say there is the next generation mm-hmm. of Thunder. You know, solid starters, uh, solid bench player, rotational guys, and who knows what their potential is. I mean, Hamadou Diallo has all the makings of being a little bit better than a role mm-hmm. player. You know, maybe that that kind of sweet in between between a role player and a, for, you know, a, in a bad year, a you know, an average All Star, mm-hmm. and that's kind of a hot take, I know. But 
I mean, bravo to the Thunder, um, their scouting department, um, drafting these two guys, bringing them into the front, um, into the organization because every time they're out on the floor, they make things happen. Yeah, and I've actually been really impressed with Deontay Burton the past couple of games, just with like the confidence that he's playing with. He was all over the floor tonight. I noted that he was playing some pretty incredible defense at the end of the third quarter and definitely starting the fourth quarter. He is He's really just a defensive presence this team needs right now. And um, <laughs> I was kind of laughing watching at the end of the third quarter because he was guarding everybody. He was yeah. on everybody's man. He was he was kind of just following the ball around the court because I think he really knows that if he wants to be out there on the court, he's going to have to provide where the Thunder need it most. And right now I think, I mean, obviously the Thunder is going to have to work on some offense a little bit more and get getting some better shooting. But, you know, defense is going to have to play a really crucial role in the Thunder's success. And I think Deontay Burton knows this. And so he was just all over the place. He was just swatting at people. He was able to, uh, I think, shut down Jordan Clarkson a couple of times, which was huge because, you know, Jordan Clarkson was pretty on fire for Cleveland tonight. Um, I didn't even see what he finished. He finished with 25 points. Yeah, he hit his first five or six shots. Yeah, he was he was pretty on fire for Cleveland tonight. But Deontay Burton was able to shut him down. That was a pretty good, pretty good look out there when – you know you're able to shut down one of the team's best shooters and you're a rookie for this team so definitely hats off to Deontay and I can't wait to see kind of how he improves and mm. goes forward from that yeah and I think I, I called Deontay a draft pick I don't believe the Thunder didn't draft him they uh, got him in something else I mm. can't I can't exactly remember but um I, at least with like the last you know Deontay Burton Hamadou Diallo and Terrence Ferguson last year. One thing you can say about this this crop of like young talent that Sam Presti's been able to bring into the Thunder is they're they're all fearless. And I know a lot of people are down on Terrence Ferguson's play because he's not hitting shots, um, but his defense has been consistent or has remained consistent mm-hmm. since he's kind of got the ball rolling. You know, three or four games into the season, and when he was with the team, um, not with the uh, obviously out with the ankle sprain, he was a just a you know a constant in terms of you can depend on him to play some solid defense and not commit silly fouls and basically look like a young player out there on defense. But um, that's probably the main thing I look for with rookies and young players is how scared do they look. And Deontay Burton, Hamadou Diallo, and Terrence Ferguson are not scared of any – they're not scared of any matchup. I mean, there was one one particular play tonight where, like, Deontay had, like, two or three consecutive, like, just badass possessions on defense. Mm -hmm. And then Clark – he gave Clarkson everything he wanted. Clarkson tried to do everything – in the arsenal, just jab, stab, you know, cross up, couldn't get it. He even like threw a forearm at Deontay Burton's <laughs> chest, and then he forgot that Deontay Burton's six eight and <laughs> and like three hundred pounds. <laughs> no, he he's he's thick. He's very very thick. He's very muscular. And Deontay didn't budge, and Clarkson just ended up like throwing some fadeaway trash yeah. prayer that he ended up hitting. And you know, Deontay just kind of looked at the ball. He kind of looked at the rim and was just like, eh. And he ran back out. He didn't let it get him down because I think on the next possession, Burton hits a corner three, mm-hmm. and it's just it's amazing what this young talent's been able to bring. And it's played into the Thunder having a lot of success this year. I mean, they're 13 and seven right now. Um, they had that really hot winning streak until they lost to Denver. Um, it, it's it's incredible just the amount of you know just down to you know there's only 14 guys on the roster. But you can depend on pretty much everybody on this roster, Sands, Abdul Nader, mm-hmm. and most of the time Raymond Felton, who actually had a nice game tonight. Yeah. Um, you can depend on most of these guys to make a positive impact one way or another. Yeah, and I think what's refreshing about this team right now is we kind of like talk about 
oh, well, you know, Steven had a good game this game, but not really his best, and it was actually this guy's best. But that's kind of a good thing when it's not always the same player that is having, like, the big night and who's leading the team. You know, one night it'll be Russell, another night it will be Paul, another night it will be Dennis, who had a pretty quiet night tonight. But then you have guys like Steven and especially Jeremy, who's stepping up into fill some big shoes right now. And it's just, it's kind of nice, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not always, we're not always saying, oh, Russell Westbrook has a big night. Paul George has a big night. Now it's yeah. Russell's and, night. And, you know, Paul George was just, he was on the unfortunate unfortunate end of some pretty bad calls. Right. Now, oh, now, yeah. now his, his fifth call was fair, but, you know, it, it's odd that you see, it was an offensive foul. It, it's odd that you see a player of his caliber get fouls, you know, that quickly, especially 12 seconds into the, uh, I believe, the third quarter. <laughs> third quarter, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's half that's happened to Paul. He's been probably the one player on this team that has been the slowest to transition to the new way that the NBA is calling touch mm-hmm. fouls, holding fouls, and you you could easily predict that because Paul is such a force defensively, and he does a lot of his work, you know, just down in the trenches when you know hands are everywhere, you know, people are grabbing jerseys, mm-hmm. and now you're not really going to get away with that that much. So you can kind of expect Paul to um, have some nights where he's in foul trouble. Um, but, you know, that's kind of to your point. That's the amazing thing. He has 18 points and mm-hmm. just is a complete afterthought right. tonight in a 17-point victory. And it's – I mean, the Thunder have proven that, uh, you know, in a few games this year. They don't need Russell to sh- score 30. They don't need Paul George to score 30. They can generate points from just about everybody that they throw out there mm-hmm. while playing pretty good defense on the other end for most of, most of the guys that go out there. So it's just something that you can be very optimistic about moving forward especially because now the schedule is going to start turning into a whole lot of you haven't seen this team yet because, I mean, the Thunder played Cleveland for the second time. They've played Phoenix 5,000 times. (laughs) They played Sacramento twice. They played Golden State twice. They played L.A. twice. Um, You're going to start seeing new teams that you haven't had uh, scouting reports on, like Atlanta, Utah down the road. Um, So it's certainly going to be difficult just because the schedule is going to be a little bit more uh, tumultuous. But, Mm -hmm. like I said, you can at least depend on – you know, anywhere from 10 to 13 guys, whatever combination Billy Dobbin throws out there, that they can contribute. Yeah, for sure. And I think, like, three of those five fouls that Paul picked up tonight were offensive fouls. So I think that was just kind of uh, using a little too much force on offense, and that's going to happen. I mean, it's not really anything to throw your hands up at. You know, that's going to happen. And I think Paul learns from that, and hopefully foul trouble won't be too much of an issue. But – yeah. You want to do questions? Let's do some questions. Got a few. Uh, we do have a few. Let's see if I can pull this up real quick. Um, all right. This is from Cody McChicken. <laughs> I love some of these names. <laughs> uh, he asks us, has Grant already outplayed his contract? Oh, I mean, he's on the trajectory to be, I mean, worth it for sure. Yeah. I mean, he's making 8.6 right now, projected to make $9 million a few years. Um. I mean, there were a few people at the beginning of the year that were scre- – because he was – like the first two or three games that – I believe he started the Boston game, right? Was that the first time he started? Yeah, So that was the so. third. Yeah. So that was the third that game the of the year. Game. Yeah. So the first two games he doesn't start, and there were people just asking why are the Thunder – Oh, that was the fourth game. Fourth game? Mm-hmm. Okay. It was okay. the fourth yeah, game. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, why are the Thunder paying so much money for a guy to come off the bench and not necessarily contribute? Uh, Patterson in the starting lineup wasn't working, kind of the chemistry. And, you know, and a lot of that played into that was Russell didn't play the first two games, then he came back, so then other things had to be shifted around. And that takes time. That takes about a game to kind of get everybody back on track. Right. Especially new when you're bringing in like brand new guys like Dennis Schroeder and Nerlens Noel contributing heavy minutes. Um, but, you know, ever since, you know, that winning streak began, you know, Jeremy Grant has played up to that contract and up to the level that this franchise needs because, um, like we just said, you know, there are going to be nights where the Thunder need Russell and Paul to be superstars. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, you you want there to be a healthy balance of scoring, of defense, of rebounding, of, of whatever, because it's such a grind in the NBA, and if, if all your team is is basically Russell Westbrook, Paul George for 82 games, you know, you don't, you can't really like your chances in the postseason because mm-hmm. by that time they're, they're spent. They're going to be burnt out. Yeah. yeah, so Jeremy Grant, you know, giving you, you know, 12 to 15 points, you know, a night and easy buckets, really good defense, uh, rim protection. That's exactly what the Thunder need, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what they're paying him for. So um, I – I would hesitate to say outplaying his contract because it is a fair amount of money. And the Thunder are the, I think, they have the third highest payroll in the world of any sports league. Jeez. I don't know if that's a like a mind-blowing bomb for you. But, yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I'm happy with Jeremy Grant's play, and I kind of expect it to be um, a recurring theme throughout the year. Yeah, and I agree with you. I don't want to say he's outplaying it. I think he's matching it pretty well right now because it would be silly to ask, like if one of us were to ask Billy or Sam Presti, you know, uh, did you expect this from Jeremy? Obviously, they have expectations of their guys, and they want them to perform to the top level. So, you know, I think Jeremy has really stepped up in, into the role that he's supposed to step up into. I think he's playing the way that Billy is expecting him to play, that the coaches are expecting him to play, and exactly how they're training him to play. So, yeah, I definitely think he's matching what he's making right now, and, you know, he can only go up from here. Hopefully, fingers <coughs> crossed. But the next question comes from Bud Howard at Bud Howard 6 on Twitter. Thanks, Bud. <laughs> Um, he asks us, do you think Deontay Burton is going to get a contract after his 45 days from his two-way contract? I mean, it, that's going to be tough because you don't know how much of that um, decision-making plays into what do the Thunder want to do with their 15th roster spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can tell you the, th- the the front office, the Thunder, love their crop of young players. Mm-hmm. And Deontay Burton certainly being... Um, a guy that has actually contributed to this team in close games tonight, for example. And I know it was a loss, but Denver, uh, Deontay Burton was a big part of the Thunder's ability to make that game close, mm-hmm. um, hit, hitting hitting some timely threes, hitting some uh, layups, playing some really good defense. He had like and, 11 or 12 points that yeah, night. Yeah, and just his, his sheer fearlessness, his physicality, he's able to guard multiple positions and give the Thunder, you know, a different type of versatility because usually versatility, if you think, of the word versatility in the NBA, you think of long, lanky, mm-hmm. six, eight guys that can play multiple positions. Deontay Burton doesn't really look like that, but he's he's so big and strong, just like that that possession I t- I mentioned where Clarkson tried to push him, and nothing happened. <laughs> it looked like Willie Cauley Stein trying to push Stephen Adams the other night <laughs> in Sacramento. Um, from what we've seen, I really wouldn't be surprised if if the Thunder want to hold on to Deontay Burton uh, further on into the season because you know just anything can happen an ankle tweak here mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the thunder are down to their third or fourth you know shooting guard or their wing and if Deontay Burton is that third or fourth option you got to be fairly pleased with what you can expect right and I think the thunder are definitely 
try, I don't want to say like I mean yeah they're kind of keeping an open an open mind when it comes to all of that because they even have Tyler Davis down there right now and he, you know he's suiting up and he's staying on the bench for the most part but I mean the Oklahoma City Blue are in Rio Grande Valley right now and they kept Deontay and Tyler here so I think yeah was this the first time Tyler Davis got um, NBA minutes uh yes wait did so. he go in tonight yeah, he was in okay, the Okay, so yeah, yeah, this this was the first night he got NBA minutes. He was here for the uh, Denver game, but he never got mm-hmm. in there. But um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I think they're really, you know, testing the waters with Deontay Burton. I'm sure Tyler Davis is going to get more minutes for the Thunder come and go. But, you know, I think they're taking him away from the blue right now just to kind of see, like, what's going to happen. And like I said, they're kind of just testing the waters with that. And also, did you know the Oklahoma City Blue signed uh, Anthony Robertson? I did see that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Andre's younger brother Andre's who played at uh, UCO the last few years. Um, actually Leaps had a up. actually had a, a torn ACL I think last year. Mm-hmm. And you know, just it's in the pipeline now. Yeah, I thought so that was who knows cool. who knows what can come. That, that was really random to say, but it just popped in my head. I was like, hey, that's kind of cool. That's Andre's brother. Madison's but, Thunder Nugget. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, this is actually our last question. It comes mm-hmm. from Zoe. He is a frequent listener and a frequent asker, unless you have some more, Brady. Thank you, sir. No, that, that's all I can see is right now, yeah. Perfect. All right. And he asks us, not even just because of the triple-double, but was this Westbrook's best game so far? Um, I would say in terms of his efficiency, yes. Mm-hmm. Like 10 of 17 from Russell Westbrook with a triple-double is amazing. His it's seven good. assists in that second quarter really set the tone for the rest of the game. The Thunder pretty much controlled from that moment on. But what in what game was it? Charlotte, where the Thunder kind of controlled that game and the Hornets started making a run in the fourth quarter and Russell had a few bad possessions and it kind of looked like, okay, is this going to be another example of bad Russell Westbrook late mm-hmm. and the Hornets are able to come back and maybe steal a win or the Thunder win, you know, you know the Thunder win a game that – became too tight now i know that game ended up being a one a one possession game but before all that could have happened russell westbrook instead deferred to dennis schroeder who hit some big shots to keep the hornets at bay and then the hornets eventually made like kind of a they scored some trash points in the end to make the score look a little bit prettier but you know you're watching that i remember watching that game thinking if russ unless russ misses a free throw they'll be fine Mm -hmm. but I thought that was huge just because that's something that we've not really seen Russell Westbrook do that often Mm -hmm. um in the post Kevin Durant era where he's deferring to somebody else even Paul George last year there weren't that many moments and it's something that we're always like waiting for like if he wants to take the next step like it's going to be an example like this on a you know in just some random game against Charlotte Mm -hmm. and it happened and the Thunder were able to win that game so that's always going to be kind of a benchmark for me but yes in terms of shooting efficiency um definitely tonight one of his better games yeah and making some smart shot choices too there were a couple of times I think he was kind of setting himself up for that three but then he decided you know either keep it in the paint or pass it away to someone who had more of a chance to keep that possession alive for the Thunder and you know going to a five from the three-point line was actually pretty good for you know, Russ, who's been chunking up some not necessary or unnecessary three points lately. So, you know, just like keeping it, like keeping it smart, keeping it simple, doing what you think you need to do. And um, yeah, coming out with that triple double, that was pretty good. Yeah. And like one more thing on Russ, like this game at the very beginning, like, you know, the Thunder missing shots left and right under um, at the rim. Russell Westbrook missed three or four. 
or two or three, excuse me. I think he missed two or three at the at the rim, and I thought, oh god, is he <laughs> going to just start chucking up shots or um, just bulldoze his way to the rim and try to foul hunt in a game where they're clearly not calling fouls to bail out guys? And th- in that light, it could have been a a bad efficiency night from Russell Westbrook, but he was able to calm down. He was able to calm the team down, and uh, the Thunder were able to benefit from it um, fully, and the Thunder got back to their winning ways tonight. They did. 183, the Thunder win over Cleveland. They sweep the season series. Um, Oh, is that it? Yeah. No more Cleveland? No more Cleveland. See you, Um, But now Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks come to Oklahoma City Friday night, so that'll be exciting. That'll be exciting for me, and I know for uh, Madison it'll also be very exciting. I am unbelievably excited, guys. You have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, um, I guess that'll wrap it up from uh, Chesapeake Energy Arena as um, the very cool, very nice Chesapeake Energy Arena workers are uh, tearing things down, I guess, for something that's happening. I have no idea what's going on, but... There's always um, something going on here. Yeah, some cool concert. So if you heard a lot of banging around, that that explains that. Yeah, we've got people working around us, but uh, we are done working at least for now. But everybody, thank you so much for listening to the OKC82 podcast. Thank you for subscribing, commenting, and all that fun stuff. And thank you, everybody, for all the questions. It makes these shows awfully enjoyable. But for Miss Madison Morris, this is Brady Trantham. Y'all have a good night, stay sexy, and um, uh, Boomer Center.